the game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. What up, what up? Welcome to Buckets, the fantasy basketball podcast here on the Action Network, presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Dan Titus, joined as always with my boy, Adam Koffler. We're at the trade deadline, man. We just passed it. We're recording on Saturday because, let's be honest, we all got to watch the Super Bowl, right? So we might miss out on some news, but I think most of the information we'll be providing you today will be applicable going into next week. It's going to be a really unique and special uh, week for fantasy because you're actually going to get two weeks of uh, fantasy basketball in most Yahoo leagues. And I assume ESPN would do the same, but uh, just make sure you check your settings to be sure whether you're going to actually calculate your pickups for this week and or next week and whether they'll all be meshed into one. So yeah, man. So we're going to talk about the trade deadline, the winners and the losers. Give you guys some pickups as we close out, you know, the final four weeks of the season here. So first off, Coffer, what's good with you? Want to know what your thoughts of, you know, high level, of the trade deadline and uh, give me your Super Bowl pick too. That was probably the most entertaining NBA trade deadline that I can remember since following the NBA trade deadline, man. Like just moves just kept coming. They started on what, Tuesday or Monday or Tuesday with the uh, uh, started slow, right? With the Portland and Clippers trade with Covington and Norm Powell. And then, and then the CJ McCollum was sort of a big one. And then Thursday just blew up and it was awesome. And there's so much to digest from a fantasy perspective. So lots yeah. of good stuff coming on this episode. And then my pick for the Super Bowl, man, I, I've been all over the Bengals the entire playoffs, but I think this is where their train comes to a, a halt. I, I think the Rams roll pretty easily in this one. I think Aaron Donald's going to wreak havoc in the backfield for, uh, for the Rams, and I think that they, they win by more than a touchdown. All right. There you have it. I'm uh, taking the rarity. I'm going to take the points with the Bengals and uh, the Rams to win outright. Let's get into the trade deadline, man. So uh, just going to run through the main trades that happened. You already mentioned it. We had a couple of trades go on before the actual deadline actually passed. You know, we had CJ McCollum going to the, the uh, Pelicans. Yeah. And then after that, you had also the uh, Robert Covington trade and, and Norman Powell. But yeah, the main ones that happened, obviously it's the James Harden and, and uh, Ben Simmons swap. We talked about it last week, whether this was actually going to go down. Props to Daryl Morey for making it happen. A lot of mixed ideas of who was the winner of this trade. But honestly, I think both teams are winners because the Sixers got rid of one person that didn't want to be there. And Harden on the other side also didn't want to be in Brooklyn. So I think that's a win-win. But there are some other pieces that we'll, we'll talk about there as a part of that trade. Seth Curry and Andre Drummond obviously going to Brooklyn as part of that deal. The Mavericks... Oddly enough, traded Kristaps Porzingis for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. Didn't really get that one. Luka Doncic and, and Kristaps Porzingis had a history of not getting along. And I think they just wanted to rid themselves of a pretty much a bad contract and uh, the drama. So now we see the Wizards front court get even more murky with Kristaps Porzingis there. Not really sure what that means for Spencer Dinwiddie, but we can talk about that in a little bit. Probably the surprise trade of the, of the deadline, Derek White going to the Celtics. For Josh Richardson and Romeo Langford, man, hell of a hell of a move for the Boston Celtics here. We know that they were lacking defensive presence, and they lucked up here because I think that they got one of the most underrated guards who you were always a fan of since the beginning of the preseason. So I think that's a great move for the Celtics. 
And then they also got uh, the Celtics also required Daniel Tice, which will mean the emergence of Alperen Sagoon. That that's the hope here. But uh, the Rockets also got Dennis Schroeder, Bruno Fernando, and Enos Freedom in that deal. But most likely, uh, two of those three guys will probably be bought out at some point here. Um, and then a couple other lower name ones. We saw the Kings acquired Dante DiVincenzo, Josh Jackson, and Trey Lyles. And the Pistons got Marvin Bagley. And the Clippers got Rodney Hood, Samuel Ojale, and uh, some other guy I've never heard of. The Bucks got Sergi Baca, <laughs> so that's pretty much a nothing burger. Um, he's pretty much washed, as we talked about last week. And uh, interestingly enough, I think this is more of a fantasy play in terms of the value here than in real life, because we know Montrezl Harrell doesn't play any defense whatsoever, but the Hornets don't really play defense, so it fits perfectly. But the Hornets got Montrezl Harrell, which is great uh, for their front court. I think he'll be a great fit there. And then the Wizards acquired Ish Smith and Vernon Perry, who has zero fantasy relevancy. And then a couple other low-end ones. We saw the Raptors acquire Thaddeus Young and Drew Eubanks. And the Spurs acquired Goran Dragic, who will probably be a buyout candidate. And then we saw the Suns get Torrey Craig. And the Pacers get Jalen Smith, which is kind of interesting. And the Suns also got Aaron Holiday. The rest of the moves don't really matter from a fantasy perspective. So let's get into the winners and the losers. First off, let's talk about Ben Simmons and James Harden here. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on the trade. And from a fantasy perspective, what do you think? What do you think's the value here? Yeah, this was this was the one that 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 uh, kind of shocked everybody. But uh, it was it was uh, it was looking like it was going to happen when Woj kept tweeting, you know, a couple of days in advance. And it kept you know gaining steam and then Windhorse chimed in and, and then boom, it all of a sudden happened. So, yeah. yeah, like you said, like great for, you know, great for both guys. Neither guy wanted to be on their respective teams. Um, James Harden goes to Philly. It's probably like a wash for him from a fantasy perspective. He's probably the same exact guy, like probably steps into a very similar role. Uh, he's obviously never played with a guy like Joel Embiid. So uh, a little bit different there, but you should ex- still expect Harden to be his same, you know, 20 to 25 point, uh, five, six boards and 10 assists type guy. I don't think much changes from him. Ben Simmons, on the other hand, he hasn't played basketball in a long time. It's going to take him a little bit of, a little bit of time to ramp up, but they need him to ramp up if they want to like make a push. KD's what out till like mid March or something, and you know Kyrie, uh, you know he's only playing in, in road games, and they've got a lot of home games coming up. Kyrie's got ten games left in the regular season if he remains so, a part time player. So, geez, man. so that brings me to my next point: Seth Curry, right? Seth Curry and Andre Drummond are huge winners from this deal. Like Andre Andre Drummond likely steps into the starting role. The Nets were trying to shop Nick Claxton, so. How much do they actually like Nick Claxton? Drummond is right. Drummond's good. Like Drummond can maybe he's not a good basketball player, like, but he's a good fantasy, fantasy basketball player. Fantasy, fantasy okay, basketball fantasy. Player. Yeah, we're, good, we're here good, talking. Yeah. We're here talking. We're here talking fantasy basketball, right? So Andre Drummond is a clear winner in this in this deal. Seth Curry's going to get all the shots he can handle, just like Patty Mills, uh, just like Cam Thomas. Like the Nets need people who can score the basketball. So right. like both like both those guys, and then on the Philly side, you have to probably you know, give a down tick to, to all their stars, like Maxi, Tobias Harris, they probably take back seats a little bit uh, with James Harden. James Harden's a 30% usage guy. And we see uh, with MB, MB's like 38% this season. That's nuts. So that's probably even going to come down a little bit too. Um, you might, you might see Embiid's assist numbers drop a little bit, but I don't expect, you know, if you have MB, you're just, you're, you're coasting. But Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris, they might be sell high candidates right now ahead of, you know, James Harden making his debut likely on Tuesday. Yeah. So I'm, this is, this is an interesting scenario because I think that 
you know, people like Patty Mills, uh, I think you're kind of wondering what you want to do with him with Seth Curry there. They're kind of the same person. They're mainly bucket getters that don't really do much else in in terms of of, uh, production across categories. But, you know, as you said, with Kyrie only playing 10 more games the rest of the season and Ben Simmons still need to ramp up, he is on the road trip now. So I'm expecting him to play probably next as early as next week, assuming all is well. Um, I still feel like they'll both have value because the one thing about Ben Simmons, we know that he has to be surrounded by shooters. So he'll get them the ball. But it's just a matter of what is Patty Mills? What else are you going to get out of Patty Mills after that? He's not going to give you much assist. I think that's going to take her down. We've seen Cam Thomas be really great off the bench for them, you know, scoring 20 and three straight. So I think he'll still be a bucket getter. So I think he still has some short term value. But for the most part, I think, you know, all these guys are going to kind of cannibalize each other once we really see um, Kyrie there when he's playing on those road games. Uh, It could be a little mess there, but I think they all have some short term value until we see uh, Ben Simmons actually in the lineup. Andre Drummond, totally agree with you. He's a rebound hog. So, you know, I think he he's definitely going to give you a boost if you needed some rebounds and blocks. Um, not much on the scoring side of things, but, you know, that's Andre Drummond. And then um, on the Sixers side of things, I think Maxi will still be all right. You know, I think with Seth Curry gone, at least he'll get some more usage with the second unit. He'll probably be the de facto starter, move James Harden to the two, even though he won't, he won't control the ball as much. He'll still be valuable. But I, I agree, you probably could put him on the trade market now and see what you can get. The only thing at this point holding the Sixers back from winning a title is going to be Doc Rivers. So let's let's see if they can put the pieces 100% on again. agree with that, 100%. Yeah. And I think that this might have been the thing to push Doc to play more Maxi, hopefully, because he was always, I mean, it's his, it's his freaking son-in-law. Like, how are you not going to play your son-in-law in the game, right? So now that's yeah. sad there, I'm hoping we see more Maxi. But uh, one thing about James Harden, though, you know, pick and rolls are always been his thing. He did it great with Clint Capella. But Embiid isn't that kind of pick and roll player. He's not a lob guy, but I still think he could rack up a ton of assists in that pick and prop because Embiid loves that little 18 footer um, by the elbow and stuff. So I still think, you know, James Harden's stats, they're going to be just fine. And I think we'll see a little bit more efficiency when he's actually motivated and not in his fat suit playing, you know, for the first part of the season. Here's something that that I sort of thought about for a little bit with James Harden going to Philly. Everybody talks about how James Harden has sort of sabotaged each one of the situations that he's been in. He's always played with guys that are very similar to him. Like, yeah, Russell Westbrook. Like, like yeah, man, like Russ, Kyrie, KD, like, like not, not necessarily ball, KD. Ball but dominant guys. Yeah, right. ball dominant guys need the ball in their hands. Chris like, ball. you know, want to score from the guard position, sort of, you know, pull up. Like, and beats a little bit different. Like, he's never played with a guy like that before. So right. maybe he's in the perfect situation right now. We'll see. We'll see how he thrives. But, um, I, I, I like this a lot for Philly. I, I don't, there's a lot of question marks on the Brooklyn side. I, I think yeah. Philly got, Philly got much better and, and only gave up like expendable assets in, right. uh, in Drummond and Seth Curry. Agree with that. Yeah. I think in the short term, I think it's the Sixers win long term. I mean, we'll see what comes of Ben jury, Simmons, but jury's out. Jury's jury's out. out. Yeah, exactly. Totally agree. Um, let's get to the next guy I want to talk about. Um, and Derek White going to the Celtics. I think Devin Vassell steps into a great, role here with the San Antonio Spurs. You know, obviously I think the biggest, probably the biggest winner is DeJounte Murray, because I think we're just going to see him be already a nightly triple double. That's only going to get even better um, because Derek White also provided some, some assists in there that I think will now uh, generate through, through uh, Murray. But yeah, when do you get your thoughts on Devin Vassell? He's obviously, I think he's probably one of the top three winners at the trade deadline. Uh, yeah, he actually might be winner number one, to be honest with you. And, and especially because he's, he was somewhat available in, a lot of leagues. So yeah, if, yeah. if he hasn't been picked up yet, like he certainly needs to be. 
in in two in his last two games without Derek White, nineteen points, uh, four rebounds, three assists, and two and a half stocks. Like this guy steps into the starting lineup. Uh, Derek White was probably a little bit expendable from the Spurs' perspective because of what they saw in Devin Vassell. He's essentially stepping into what Derek White did for the Spurs. Like the Spurs are really good at at finding guys, you know, three and D type guys who are going to get those stocks too that we always look for in fantasy basketball. So Devin Vassell. Yeah. Uh, absolutely must add. And then Derek White, like he's, he's, you know, rostered in most leagues. Like he's, he's absolutely a hold, especially after what we saw in the first game with the Celtics. Yes. He came off the bench, but he still played 28 minutes and put up a, a solid enough line for fantasy. And he led the team in, in plus minus of plus 11 in a six point win. Like that's, that's big. It tells, it tells me the Celtics, you know, trust him down the stretch. He played down the stretch and the Celtics only have an eight man rotation right now. Like Aaron Neesmith didn't play. Peyton Pritchard only played 10 minutes off the bench. It, Derek White's going to be the sixth man at a, at a very minimum. So do not drop him. He's absolutely a hold. And he he could even get you know back to what he was doing with the Spurs if, if the minutes are there. His numbers aren't going to go down that much because they used him in the closing lineup, which I think is even more telling how much that they trust him. And yeah. you're right, you know, 15, 6, and 2 off the bench in uh, leading and plus minus. That's why they got him. So I think he's going to be a really solid player for the Celtics. You might have a little bit of inconsistencies here and there, but um, basketball move and fantasy wise, I think he's still good. Um, the, the and then number- real, real quick, real quick before you, before you continue back to DeJounte Murray, dude, the first game without Derek white, uh, 32 point, triple double, 15 assists, one turnover, one turnover, one turnover. 15, oh. 15 assists, 32 points. Who does that? That's like, that's like magic Johnson. <laughs> Just like in his prime, LeBron in his prime is ridiculous. Well, it's good that he got in as a, uh, a reserve, you know, for the all-stars like Should be well starting over Andrew, too. Andrew Wiggins, man. The yeah. Hell. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. TikTokers. Um, let's go to uh go to Houston for a minute here. Daniel Tice is back with the Celtics and he's pretty much goes to nothing wasteland. I don't, I don't think he carries much fancy value there with Robert Williams and, and Al Horford still there, but Alperin Sagoon, I think he's, he's got to step into some minutes here, right? Um, with Daniel Tice out of the way, I think this is pretty much what fantasy managers were waiting for all season. And this was always a possibility and our shout out to, we, we mentioned him a lot here, Roosh Williams, but he's been laboring for this guy to be, to just get minutes because he's been a per minute beast all season. But I think getting rid of Tice certainly signals that it's Sangoon time. It's going to be dependent on who Houston plays, right? So yeah. When when Houston played the Pelicans with all their bigs, they got you know JV Jackson Hayes, Aaron Gomez. They started Shangun and he put up pretty good numbers. And then the next game, Houston played Toronto, who obviously doesn't have a formidable big, and they put out you know Siakam at the five and Chris Boucher at the five, and it was it was Garrison Matthews who got the start. But they're going to be sort of uh, interchangeable in terms of you know who starts between Matthews and and Shang-Gun, who gets the more minutes. Um, but you're looking at you're looking at the Rockets team in week 18, the extended week before the All-Star break. They have three games. And guess what? Those three games are against teams with with big men that, you know, are, you know, typical big men. Like we got we got Utah on the docket. We got Phoenix on the docket and we got the Clippers. All those teams have big men. So Shangun's going to start three games early in the week. So he's a guy that you must get on your fantasy team at least prior to the All-Star break. And likely moving forward as the Rockets have a pretty uh, favorable schedule uh, in terms of how many games they play and stuff like that. Yeah. And Rudy Gobert is still on the shelf here. And you got to imagine, even though he made the all-star team, I don't think it makes sense for him to play in the first half of the the week 
for the fantasy week 18, because you got the all-star break. You might as well keep him resting. So um, he might get a, a little advantage there going up against the sound white side um, in that, in that initial game True. to good, start good, the week. Great, great, great point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really like Sangoon. If you pick them up, you know, I think that you have a really good value there because he is right now only rostered. Let me check the numbers on it. He's only 38% rostered here. So I think you could definitely grab him on the waiver wires. If your uh, casual fantasy managers are slacking on the waivers there. Um, and then also uh, Devin uh, Vassell was only 40% rostered. So yeah, you guys got some serious pickups that you can grab there that can, that can hold uh rest of the va- rest of the season value. Um, one trade that I neglected to talk about was probably one of the biggest ones was the uh, Kings acquiring Demonis Sabonis for Tyrese Halliburton, which, and Buddy Heald and a slew of other people, which really made no sense to me initially, but like, I guess it worked out for Sacramento, at least in the, in the, in the early term, because Darren Fox was hugging Demonis Sabonis, like, thank God you came here. Like, this is what I've been <laughs> missing type of thing. So I don't know what the Sacramento Kings were thinking just in terms of like, we know how good Tyrese Halliburton is from a fantasy perspective, but He's a real life good basketball player. And Kevin Pritchard of the Indiana Pacers has already said they're going to build around Tyrese Halliburton. All the while they drafted Chris Duarte, you know, they still got Miles Turner there. So it was kind of funny that they said that, but I mean, that just shows how much they value uh, Tyrese Halliburton. So I want to talk about the Pacers situation here. Oddly enough, Buddy Heald had 16 points, nine rebounds and eight assists. So you got to think that he's a winner initially, especially with all the injuries going around, but this backcourt's going to get really interesting when, if Malcolm Brogdon returns. But right now, I think that this actually could be a three-guard front that actually holds because Malcolm Brogdon's 6'5", Duarte's 6'6", and then you got Halliburton, who's 6'5". That's a pretty big backcourt. They might all thrive here. Um, we know Brogdon's going through some injury woes. So in the meantime, Chris Duarte and Halliburton are probably going to cook. Um, but I just want to get your thoughts on Buddy Heald and how you think that this whole thing's going to shake out in Indiana without Sabonis there. I'll give you a million dollars if you could tell me what's going on with Malcolm Brogdon's Achilles. Like this, this guy, it, he's been he's been listed as questionable for the last like I don't yeah. know three weeks. And he, I remember he came back for one game and then sort of like reaggravated that. And it's it's just been it's been a tough ride with him. But I, I mean, I, I assume that's why Buddy Hill got forty minutes, forty minutes in his first game with the Pacers. So of course he's going to put up a good line of forty minutes. Like when he when he used to play thirty five minutes a game for the Kings, he put up like pretty bonkers numbers sometimes. Like. Buddy, Buddy Hill can do but that. Like I don't assist though. I know that's buddy. what I'm saying. Like that, that, that usage, <laughs> that usage is stupid. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's probably not going to do that. Like it's probably going to be a little bit more Halliburton, but like, so the, the offense with Sabonis there ran through Sabonis. So that it needs to run through somebody else. And maybe, you know, Hal Burton in his first game with the Pacers wasn't as comfortable with Buddy Hill, more of a, you know, a vet, a veteran uh, presence there in Indiana. I don't expect that to continue, but if right. Buddy Hill's going to play 40 minutes a game, like, holy shit. Like that's, He's going to be worth a lot. And whenever Brogdon does come back, it's most likely going to hurt Duarte, right? So Duarte is like everyone's darling pickup, right? Karis Levert leaves town. Like, I'm not so sure if Brogdon comes back. Like, y- you have to go with Brogdon, Heald, and, and uh, Halliburton, right? Like, one of those guys is going to come off the bench, probably going to be Duarte. So I don't see Buddy Heald being traded for and then coming off the bench again like he did in Sacramento. Interesting. Yeah, I think I feel like Buddy might be the guy that comes off the bench, but we'll see. I think Duarte at least steps into more of a scoring role um, than than not. Like, I think the thing about Duarte that I was expecting to happen after Karis LeVert left was to get potentially more assists, more rebounds. But I think we're going to see what we what we already seen about Duarte. He's about a 13, 13 and a half points, four rebounds, two assists guy. 
I think we'll see a slight uptick to maybe like 15, 16 points uh, when it's all said and done this season. Like, I think he will take on some more of that scoring slack because you're right. I think the offense played through Demonis Sabonis. There's shots to go around. But uh, yeah, with Brogdon out, uh, I think we can I think all these guys are safe right now. But once Brogdon returns, we'll have to figure out who's going to be the odd man out here. Yeah, and then also Indiana on their big men front, like they've got a, a rotation of big men now that's just really frustrating. Like they traded yeah. for Jalen Smith on Phoenix, and everybody's talking talk about Isaiah Jackson, but he he tweaked his right. ankle uh, the right. other night, and uh, Miles Turner's still hurt, and then you got Goga as well. So it's okay, kind of a set still around. It's yeah. like a really weird rotation. Like everyone's favorite Terry Taylor, uh, you know the six five undrafted guy to Austin P. Uh, he hasn't played uh, recently because he's dealing with an illness, but. They just, they've got, their big man rotation kind of frustrates, uh, frustrates me a little bit. I'm not really sure what to expect from, you know, each guy on each, you know, any given night. So, you know, when Miles Turner comes back, he should feast uh, like, he, yeah. like he was before from a fantasy perspective. So just look forward to that. And then on the Kings side, they're also, they're running a really tight rotation over there. It looks like, and Harrison Barnes is low key a winner in this. Like, yeah. I, He's he's been balling recently, and maybe he maybe he just plays better with Demonis Sabonis. I don't know, but but he looked he looked damn good in the first game. Put up thirty points with Sabonis, so maybe he's going to find him for some open looks. Uh, De'Aaron Fox looked pretty rejuvenated uh, playing next to Sabonis. Maybe he was not. Sometimes it's stuff that we don't see as as fans, like players just aren't getting along, right? And it's just not. I mean, working. think about it from Fox's perspective: is they draft. Halliburton and I then know. they draft Davion Mitchell right after that. It's like, that's yo, bro, good you point, man. Me, look at you gave me the look, bag, and then you're just continue to just draft these players the that same, are ready to replace me. Right? I say it all the time with with Carson Wentz was bad in 2020 because the Eagles drafted his replacement, and he all of yeah. a sudden was a 16 touchdown and 14 interception guy. After for the last three years, it was 81 touchdowns to 21 interceptions. So it's a mentality, man. Like, don't draft my backup. Like, screw you. I, now I suck. <laughs> I actually kind of get why they probably got rid of Halliburton because like who's a bigger threat to my to my status here is it Davion Mitchell or Halliburton it's definitely Halliburton so Dave I mean Davion Mitchell still has a, a solid role behind him now because Halliburton's sure. usage is out of there but they did yeah. also get Dante DiVincenzo which I'm like are they going to utilize him I don't know yet but I think for right oh. now Davion's probably okay we, but we got to talk gonna... about but, but we got to talk about the biggest loser in this Entire trade deadline and Rashawn Holmes. Holmes. <laughs> my man, my man, Demonis Sabonis comes into town and Rashawn Holmes plays just 11 ended minutes. Just ended him. Absolutely ended him. <laughs> so, Shemizi so, Metu got more minutes. <laughs> like, dude, dude, it's, it's a, a mess. It, it's a wrap. I, cu- I couldn't believe Rashawn Holmes didn't get traded after that because that Kings had like yeah. two days. Right. So. They did. Dude, and he did those, he was mysteriously out for like a couple of games, even though he wasn't seeing as many minutes. He just, Suddenly went out the game, the game right before the deadline. I feel like that was the signal. It happened with everybody else. Everyone that was out right before the deadline probably got traded, and except for Rashawn Holmes. So I don't know what's up with that. But I, you got it. He's gone in the offseason, right? Like, there's no way he's gonna. He's too good yeah. to be on the bench right now, man. He's like, crazy. Friendly, I don't know what's going on with Alvin Gentry. He's got a but. pretty friendly contract too for what he, yeah. for what he brings, for what he brings to the table. Million, at least. Yeah, definitely. Right. So, I mean, at first it looked like it looked like that was kind of a lot for a guy like Rashawn Holmes, but he's he's earned that. I mean, last year he was a beast. This yeah. season, people were drafting him second, third, fourth round in fantasy because of what he brings to the table. So. Sure. Yeah, they play they play on Saturday night. We're recording this on Saturday, so I don't know. Maybe out of nowhere, he comes in and, and plays 20, 22 minutes. I don't know, but probably not. If he's uh, if he's minutes in the teens, like he's a drop. Unfortunately, it's it pains me to say that because I drafted him in the third round this season. But 
Oh my God. What a terrible, terrible beat there for, for Rashawn Holmes. Yeah. And, uh, you got to imagine now, like, uh, I mean, Mo Harkless is getting some minutes and Harrison <laughs> Barnes, like everybody's getting minutes except for Rashawn Holmes, man. I just, it, and then even Marvin Bagley's out of there and he still doesn't get minutes. Like it's, it's tough, man. So yeah, if you're Rashawn Holmes manager, the trade value is just not there. So you just got to wait at this point. Can we go, like, I don't think I'm going to buy low. No, yeah, no, he's, <laughs> we called him a buy low like four weeks ago too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, he was, I mean, he was, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, but, but you, you, let's, let's pull the thread a little bit on Marvin Bagley. So Marvin Bagley went to Detroit. Now Detroit has like 12 playable guys. What, what are we doing? What, oh, what is, oh, Detroit, what not, is Detroit let's doing? For, let's not forget the fact that Trey Lyles just entered the picture in Sacramento too. So it's like, Oh geez. He's, he's definitely, he's definitely playing over, over Rashawn Holmes too. <laughs> but yeah, let's, know, do, maybe, let's stick to Detroit. Detroit's their front court's ugly too. Cause now Jeremy Grant's back, but you still got Kelly Olenek. I hate um, it here. I hate it. And, and Kelly Olynyk still got beef stew and, and Isaiah Stewart. Dude, here's in. the problem with Kelly Olynyk. <laughs> Kelly Olynyk is just good enough to like every single time you want to drop him, he's like just good enough. It's like we'll right. put up 12, five, two and like a steal and a block. It's like, uh, I want to drop you, but because you're coming off the bench, you're only playing like 16 minutes, but like you fill it up in those 16 minutes. But I gave you permission now to drop Kelly Olynyk. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's time to drop him. Jeremy Grant wasn't moved. They brought in Marvin Bagley for whatever reason. Like he'll probably play. Olin is probably going to get ten to twelve minutes a game. It's it's not going to be the same situation like like he saw himself with the Rockets last season. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of hard to get it uh, to get a, a strong read on what the Detroit situation is going to be because the first game out they got blown out. So you know I think that they were giving bench minutes to people. Like all their starters didn't see more than thirty minutes. So you yeah. know. It, it's that's going to be a tough situation. I think that's going to be a deep rotation. We saw Killian Hayes get 28 minutes, dropped 11 dimes, but like, yeah, Hamadou Diallo still there. So I feel like they're going to be running that smaller front court, you know, with, with uh, Bay and Diallo and, you know, Cade six, eight himself. So like no shortage of guys that are like six, eight, that six, eight, six, nine range. So yeah, Linux is going to be super frustrating from here on out, but yeah, that's going to be difficult, especially now with Jeremy Grant back. No doubt. Um, so let's talk about the Washington and Dallas move a little bit more because Wizards, I mean, dude, they just, they add another big man. Like you get rid of, you get rid of Montrez Harrell and then you add Chris Porzingis into the mix. Now he is hurt, but you know, how hurt was he? He was also one of those guys that was out several games before the deadline. So whether that was because of injury or because of the, obviously, you know, trying to move him on at the deadline. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in a couple of games. He has been ruled out in his next game. When's their next games? Play Saturday. And then okay. they're also one of those teams that have three games ahead of the all-star break early in the week. Okay. So, yeah, so, so they have five games over the course of week 18. So definitely a team that you may want to target for like a Howell Neto, being that they now don't have Bradley Beal for the rest of the season. A point guard, they have to play one of their point guards and they acquired Ish Smith. So, Ish Smith's been in on the Wizards before. What team hasn't Ish Smith been on? It's kind of funny. He's doing a, <laughs> yeah. a victory lap to get to another team again, but he was actually decent for the Wizards. So, you know, he's going to shoot a horrible field goal percentage, but he'll give you the steals. He gives you the assists. Paolo Neto put up 21 and six in his first game, his first start without Dinwiddie. <laughs> he did. He did. Like, so it's going to be a combination of both of them. You know, like maybe one guy, I don't know. Maybe Paolo Neto, Paolo Neto probably is the, the ad right now, but don't, don't be surprised if, if Ish Smith cuts into those minutes, but just want to know what you're doing with the backcourt. I saw you posted on Twitter. You were on, you're curious to see what Gafford's going to do on Saturday night. 
he's been ruled out because he's, I think he's still in health and safety protocols. So, you know, he'll enter the lineup at some point again, just because there's only two centers, but I'm staying away from it, man. I don't want no parts of Thomas Bryant. He continues to get hurt, nicked up every once in a while. And then you also have Przingis. I feel like Przingis is the biggest winner of this because Bradley Beal isn't there. It's him and Kuzma pretty much at this point, right? Dude, if Porzingis is healthy, he's a smash. Like he yeah. is, he's he's used to playing with a, a 35% usage guy. Bradley Beal's not playing with, with, with Luca, obviously. Bradley Beal is not. Tim yeah, Kuzma. I mean, yeah. right. Tim, right. Tim and Kuzma and uh and uh what Rui and Denny Avdia, like it's that, it's, that, it's that's like a wasteland of like small forwards, and like then you also got Kispert there too. So it's like yeah. Yeah, the unicorn just like went from like not having his own team to like having his own team in just like a, a matter of like you know, an hour. Uh, that's, what, that's what he wanted, right? Like yeah, he didn't want to be. He didn't want to yeah. be playing. He didn't want to be the second option. Which yeah, know, that's what that's that's why they got him. So I this is this is this is actually and 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 timing wise, it didn't work out. None of this worked out well, right? Uh, right. Uh, Montrezl Harrell was traded, I think, before the Wizards traded for Chris Stapps. Right. So Harrell was traded, then I was like, oh, like okay. Thomas Bryant and Daniel Gaffer are going to be so good now, even if they split minutes. Like, they're both going to be beasts. And then Thomas Bryant plays in a game by himself and plays 19 minutes. He started and played 19 <laughs> minutes with no Daniel Gafford and no Bontres Harrell. So the Wizards clearly don't like Thomas Bryant. Like, people think that they like Thomas Bryant. And then it was, okay, Chris Stapps has a bone bruise in his knee. He's going to be out for a while. Well, now they say he's going to be back on Monday, most likely. He's going to be back soon. Like every other injured player at the trade deadline. Like James Harden's going to play on Tuesday, national TV, because he's not actually hurt. They just wanted to protect their asset. So Daniel Gafford and Thomas Bryant, unfortunately, probably are, you know, what they have been, you know, always this season. They're like 12 to 14 minute guys, because I think Chris Stavis Porzingis plays the five. Like there's, there's, there's a chance that Chris Stavis Porzingis comes in and just plays center in matchups where, uh, you know, they play Toronto, for example. Um, and we see those guys go back to, you know, having no relevancy, but, but Porzingis might not play on Monday. And then, you know, whoever starts for the wizards, you know, at the center spot and you pick them up and you stream them early part in the week. Um, but yeah, I mean, Porzingis is a huge winner. You know, we thought the Gafford Bryant were winners. They're probably not as big winners as we thought they were. And then on the Dallas side, uh, bring Dinwiddie in. And now you have kind of a log jam with Dinwiddie, um, you know, Jalen Brunson, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, he's not really, he's kind of a streamable guy, um, but I, I mean, I think, this, na- I think now he's probably good because he just got his little contract too. He, he signed did. up for 54 mil, so they yeah. obviously are investing in him. He got, the, figured, he got, he got the Rashawn Holmes money. He did, he did. Um, but I feel like they're, you know, we saw, I think we got, we saw a precursor of what this starting lineup is going to look like. I think it's going to be Luca Brunson, Reggie Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith, and then uh, whether it's Maxi Kleba or Dwight Powell, depending on who's not hurt at the time, probably Maxi Kleba. <laughs> right, um, right. So I think he steps in as probably the biggest beneficiary in the front court. But, you know, the question is, and, I, and we talked about it before the show, is what happens with Jalen Brunson? I think he's still going to be good. He saw 37 minutes, you know, with, with the, after the trade happened. I mean, Dinwiddie wasn't active yet, but I think Dinwiddie will probably be the sixth man here. And I don't think that he re- necessarily is going to – be that disappointing in that role. Like I, I Dinwiddie wasn't playing very well for the Washington Wizards and they hated him. So you got to feel like this new found. I mean, when you have all that drama working in the background, like you got to play better when you're in a fresh start. And I think it helps that Jason Kidd is their coach because he's a point guard first. You know, I think he probably has a some kind of affinity towards these point guards. And uh I think we'll see, I think we'll see them all kind of coexist, but I, I think you would probably expect Brunson's 
Um, assists and scoring probably to take her down just a little bit, but I think his minutes are still going to be there. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, they, they need they need guys to score. I mean, but Dinwiddie's a, Dinwiddie's a scorer too. Yeah, yeah. So so especially with Luca and Jalen Brunson, like he's probably not going to be the assist man that he was in Washington. Um, but yeah, Brunson Brunson should be fine. He's not a drop or anything like that. But it's a it's a tread lightly. You know, maybe a sell high opportunity for him. Right. Agreed. Um, and then lastly, wanted to talk about. Let's talk about Portland for a second here because we've seen Justice Winslow. <laughs> I mean, I'm just so surprised that he's still getting 33 minutes, but he's got 33 minutes in the last two contests, averaging 11 and a half points, seven and a half rebounds, three assists, and three and three steals. So, and one and a half blocks. Not too shabby. And we haven't seen Josh Hart in the lineup yet. You know, he was one of the prize acquisitions as part of that Portland deal. He's a hold for me for now. Until we see anyone else kind of step into minutes here, you can't argue with Justice Winslow getting 33 minutes per contest here. And he's a, he's, he's a stocks guy, and, uh, and, he, and he's a starter. I mean, I, I, I remember picking him up a little bit uh, when he was on the Clippers when he was getting 20 minutes a game because he, right. he kind of fills it up. He kind of fills it up in, the, in, the, in those minutes. So yeah. if he's going to get 28-plus as a starter, that's a that's a lock and load streamer for me, and then you also look at uh, I mean CJ Ellaby he he yep. he continues to start for the Blazers. They just don't have many bodies, so if they're willing to give those minutes to young guys down the stretch, like that, those are the guys I want uh, on my fantasy basketball team. Uh, Anthony Simons, right, huge winner there. Booking. Um, I mean Eric Eric Bledsoe, like he's he's sort of injured. Is he like you know? Yeah, he's, he's yeah, he's be a, I don't think I don't think he's suited up yet. So that's but they that's, have they have no. There's no reason to play him. So like people that want to go out and like go get him off the waivers, like Portland just they're gonna play their young guys over guys like Eric Bledsoe. Like what? There's no reason to have him out there, you know, sabotaging what they're trying to you know develop their their other their other guys because Eric Bledsoe is not there to help develop Anthony Simons. No, and, and, and Eric Bledsoe's dealing with the same injury as Malcolm Brogdon. Like he's got an Achilles injury and we know that he's questionable every freaking game and then ultimately yep. ruled out. So who knows if Bledsoe, so this is a, not really a fantasy question, but it just has me wondering just because like Bradley Beal has been rumored, you know, he said he wants to stay in Washington forever, but then you acquire Kristaps Porzingis. Like that's not something that's going to keep you. That's not keeping him in Washington. Sim- similarly, is acquiring Justice Winslow, Eric Bledsoe, and a plethora, and Josh Hart going to keep Damian Lillard in Portland? Like, to me, these are just like shutdown candidate guys, and you're going to see a bunch of young guys potentially step into minutes just because they got to finish out the season here. Like, I'm not expecting Damian Lillard to come back. So, you know, and if Eric Bledsoe has this lingering injury, he's a veteran. Like, what does he need to come back for? He doesn't need to prove anything. So, yeah, yeah I- I'm kind of on this, like, you know, these, these guys then – shitty situations might actually luck up into some serious playing time here. People like justice Winslow, like CJ LRB, et cetera. So while, while we're, while we're on this trade, I want to talk about the Clippers a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Robert Covington's like kind of a, kind of a big loser here. Like, big he was loser. like he's yeah, not like, starting. He's only getting 11 minutes. He, like, played, he played, he played 10 minutes to the night. I was going to say, man, Terrence, ever since that trade happened, Terrence Mann has actually been getting more minutes. And like, it all of a sudden, like, hey, let me bring in some competition to get you to play better. And then all of a sudden, Terrence Mann becomes fancy relevant. Like, he's been really solid for the last couple of games. Like, I picked him up um, streaming him against you, actually. And, yeah, uh, he's, Amir, been, he's been getting to over 28 minutes. So a, a mere cup of coffee is playing more minutes than Robert Covington. Right. Yeah. Now. 
So and and, and you got to look at it. Norman Powell stepped into the starting lineup on their last game on what, right, for- right. So it's so it's so it's not a situation where you know they're trying to ramp up those guys to get into the starting lineup. Like they've already put Norm Powell there. So right, Rocco's right. clearly not there yet, like Norm Powell is, where they don't see the same kind of skill set they need in the starting lineup. However, like if you're ready to jump ship on Rocco, don't do it yet. This is not the week to do it. The Clippers play three games prior to the break. Most teams do not. And uh, it's it's three games on the light slates. So Wednesday is the biggest slate. It's 11-game slate. The Clippers don't play then. They play Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday when it's less than 10-game slates. So don't drop, don't drop Robert Covington yet. And I would also advise you, you could even stream guys like you mentioned, like Terrence Mann. Luke Kennard, guys like that. Like, I think all of those guys are relatively droppable as you move forward in the season and the Clippers don't have, you know, favorable fantasy schedule. Uh, but, but this week, especially early in the week is not the time to do that for these guys. Yeah. This Clippers, they're running a nine man rotation, right? Uh, I mean, if you count Isaiah Hartenstein, uh, they're running a 10 man rotation. Just that's like fantasy. That is brutal for fantasy, but, but you're right. But don't, but don't waste that transaction early in this week, particularly. Yeah. Um, and on and on Thursday in their last game, Amir Coffey only saw the floor for 13 minutes, but Luke Kennard got 28. And then you got Terrence Mann getting 30 off the bench. Yeah. <laughs> Kennard, no, no, in all in all serious in all seriousness, crazy. So, Kennard, Mann, Rocco are the streams. You don't you're not gonna stream coffee, but you could right. also stream like right. Nick Batum. If Nick Batum is gonna start and, and you get three games early in the week, like there's no there's no reason to use a transaction to drop him early in early in this week. Like just do it after the all-star break. Good point. Right. So I think that that pretty much covers all of the winners and losers. Let's get into the waivers. I mean, we mentioned a whole bunch of people already. So, you know, for the guards, we got Devin Vassell. We got Raul Neto. Uh, one person we didn't mention for the Sacramento Kings that started in his first outing was Justin Holiday. What are your thoughts on him as a as a pickup? Yeah, he's definitely he, he sort of in the same role that he was in in uh in Indiana, uh, Indiana. Right. and and the yeah. Kings seem sort of like sort of hype on him. I don't know why or but <laughs> he's but a he's, holiday man. Like what? Yeah, holiday? they're all, isn't like decent. Like from yeah, a they're basketball all good. perspective, right? Yeah, like, they're all like good. They're, yeah, they're all they're all they're all they're all fine from a basketball perspective. Yeah, um, and they're also kind of hype on Jeremy Lamb. Like Jeremy Lamb played thirty minutes his first game, and Crazy. the Kings are just running. A, they're running a really tight rotation. I don't know. It's Trey Lyles going to take minutes from Jeremy Lamb? I don't know. Um, but as long as Jeremy Lamb's getting twenty five plus minutes off the bench. Uh, you know, he might be a guy that could you know, be streamable in a, in, a, in a good week for the Kings, too. So it looks like the Kings are, are going into that nine, ten man rotation type Clippers scenario here. Just everyone getting minutes except for Rush, for Sean, Holmes. Sean Holmes. Yeah, I hope um, he gets bought out and then, and then put on like the Sixers. Dude, I was hoping that the Sixers would actually do that, man. Like bring him back. Can that, can that, that happen? Would, uh, yeah, it definitely could happen. I mean, that I mean, I wanted to add another another thing to our our agenda here of buyout candidates, but like, it's so hard to tell, you know, which ones are going to do it. Like, I think Eric Gordon is certainly still one of those people. Gary Harris is certainly one of those people. Terrence Ross, you know what I'm saying? Like I've been monitoring Orlando probably more than I ever have. Cause I'm like, when are they just going to buy these guys out and just give a ton of usage to the younger guys? Like, but you know, we, we don't really have a beat on that, unfortunately, but yeah, the buyout market's certainly going to open up some opportunities for people. Um, Cause I've been waiting on Josh Christopher. I think him and KJ Martin, if Eric Gordon goes, I think that that would definitely open up more time for him or someone like Garrison Matthews, who I know you're high on coming into week 18. Yeah. So Garrison Matthews and, uh, and the Rockets play uh, just like the Clippers. They play, they play five games that week and they've got three, three, uh, three games early in the week. 
another team to mention along those same lines is the New Orleans Pelicans. So yeah. Jackson Hayes had a down game uh, in CJ McCollum's first game with the, with the team, but you know, don't, don't give up on him, especially right now. I mean, they've got a favorable schedule earlier in the week and you need to ride out and see what, uh, see what he's going to be doing there in, in, uh, in New Orleans. Obviously uh, they thought he was a, a key piece and they were unwilling to trade him and they moved Josh Hart. So I think there, there, there is minutes uh, there for Jackson Hayes. So don't definitely don't let go of him quite yet. Yeah. And uh, for the teams, I mean, might as well mention there's eight teams that will play five games over this extended week. You got the Nets, the Pelicans, the Clippers, the Celtics, the Wizards, the Rockets, the Nuggets, and the Suns. Worth mentioning that the three teams that play only three games, and that's the Cavs, the Lakers, and the Magic. Look at how the NBA just caters to LeBron. Is it no surprise that the Lakers only have two games, have one game before the All-Star game, and then two games after that? Like, let's give the King at 37 years old, all the rest he needs to make no, it. Dude, we need, we need, we need, we need the Los Angeles Lakers in the playoffs. Well rested. <laughs> Whatever time off you need, that. LeBron, you got it. <laughs> some other guys, Lonnie Walker, the fourth, I think also comes into some fantasy relevancy just because of Derek white leaving. He was getting minutes there. So maybe he steps into the, the role that Devin Vassell was previously in uh, being that he's going to get more minutes. Um, ben McLemore hasn't been that much. Hasn't been that great over the last week, but I mean, he's still seeing good minutes with all the people out for the Portland Trailblazers. So he could be a look. Um, we'll talk about some forwards here. Darius Baisley. I know you picked him up on a, on at least one fantasy squad. I think he's going to be pretty solid. Um, a watch list, Alex Pokushevsky, the thunder. This is like their prime time for always benching their, their no more notable players like the Shea Gilgis Alexander's of the world. I mean, he's not benched, but he's hurt right now. But uh, I think we'll see people like Poku get more minutes towards the end of the season when they have, you know, nothing to play for, pure tank mode. Um, so those are the types of guys, at least on the Thunder, that I'd be looking at. Um, but another guy that you've been eyeing, I, think I saw you tweet him about him a couple of times, was Zeke Naji. Um, he's been seeing some minutes for, for Denver here. Uh, what are your thoughts on him and him as a potential pickup in Week 18, being that the Nuggets play five games? He's only 1% rostered, so he's very available. And I, I was just watching the primetime game against the against the Celtics on Friday night, and, and Zeke Naji played, you know, almost 30 minutes and, and played uh, played down the stretch in a very competitive game. It looked like he, he can play he can play defense on the two through five, essentially. Like, he's very yeah. versatile, so the Nuggets have him out there. Uh, Monty Morris is, is, is in the concussion protocol, so they only have the one guard. So there's there's opportunity to, to have him out on the floor with uh with their mainstays of Jokic, Gordon, Barton, and uh their one of their point guards. So yeah, with five games, you, you know, you could do worse than Zeke Naji. Uh, you know, be careful though, because uh, they do play uh early in the week, they play two games, and one of those is on the on the Wednesday slate, which is the eleven game slate. So definitely not a not, not like a must stream, but um a guy that you could potentially look at uh after, especially after the all-star break if if they're not fully healthy. Yeah. Um, yeah, their, their point guard minutes are really bizarre right now. In their last game, we saw Bones Highland get 18 minutes, and then Faco Campazzo is back with like 20 plus minutes. But yeah, um, we did get word though Jamal Murray and uh, Michael Porter Jr. might be making their return to the court in the near future. But it's hard to say whether this is actually going to impact fantasy or not. They haven't seen a lot of time, obviously, going through their various injuries, but I think this might be more of a playoff move. But if you have the space, I actually picked up Jamal Murray just in case um, I have the room to do it. So uh, hopefully I'm, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that I might get something out of him maybe in the fantasy playoffs. Um, let's talk about centers real quick. You met, we already talked about Alperin Sengun. You talked about Jackson Hayes. 
Uh, Gogo Batize, uh, what are your thoughts on him? I know I know that front court's a bit messy now with the the Pacers acquiring Jalen Smith and uh, having Isaiah Jackson there. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Gogo's primary the, the the primary guy that they probably roll with I, until Miles Turner I, gets back. I'm not interested at all, to be honest. I mean, he he left the game in the last game. He started played only nine minutes actually. Um, he dealt with injuries, but he did come back. It w- was in out of the game. Yeah, I really, I really think if they're not going to make the playoffs, they want to see um, what they've got in Isaiah Jackson and Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith is a youngster out of Maryland. Uh, he a Terp baby, uh, <laughs> and he, he's uh, you can. yeah, exactly. Like he's actually pretty good. People that yeah, we, people that yeah, watch, we, we saw him with the Suns, right? Like yeah. he was good when when DeAndre Ayton and uh, Beyond Javale, were, uh, Javale McGee yeah. and Javale McGee, right? yeah. Right. So, so Jalen Smith's got some potential. Uh, Goga's not going to be a mainstay there in Indiana. So that's why I'm not interested in him. If you're looking for a big man in Indiana until Miles Turner gets back, as long as Isaiah Jackson has not severely hurt his ankle, he's the guy. And that's, that's what I've been hearing from, from people that, that follow the Pacers. Isaiah Jackson's the guy that they want to develop and, and see what he's got. Yeah. Um, so Kevin Pritchard so, so also mentioned go. him as part of that, that young core that they're building yep. around with Tyrese Halliburton. So that will fit there. And then um, last guy I want to talk about, Zach Collins has, has made his way back to the court after like, what, two or three years of doing nothing. Something like that. Portland yeah, I thought, he was done playing, I thought he was done playing basketball. Yeah, he's always, he's just always has the cool quaff on the, on the bench, man. He's always the hype man with the cool hairdo. But uh, now that Drew Eubanks is out, um, you got to figure he's, he's been getting minutes for the, for the uh, Spurs here. So what are your thoughts on Zach Collins? Probably a deeper league ad here, streamer. But um, yeah, not not maybe not in week eighteen, but someone to monitor. He's definitely someone to monitor. That the, the Spurs played four games in week eighteen, so nothing nothing spectacular. Um, I wouldn't necessarily go, you know, get him for week eighteen. Uh, he's out Saturday when we're recording this, probably because uh, he's you know getting ramped up and just, he's always hurt. <laughs> they don't want to. Well, they, they likely don't want to play him too many minutes. Uh, they also play uh, one of their, you know, two of their games next week uh, are a back-to-back, so he probably doesn't play in one of those games either. So um, probably not streamable for Week 18, honestly, uh, but is a guy to keep in mind uh, as we head down the stretch because San Antonio is probably going to want to see what uh, Zach Collins brings to the table uh, down the stretch. All right, that'll do it for Buckets. This is the Week 18 look ahead. Make sure you check out actionnetwork.com for the fantasy forecast with myself and Joe Delira breakdown much of what we talked about here as well as some prop angles be sure to download the award-winning action network app detailed our action experts as well as track your own bets download prize picks if you haven't man they got some really great specials coming out for nba so use promo code action 10 that's a-c-t-i-o-n and they'll match your first deposit up to 100 dollars and follow at Adam Koffler. Follow me at Dan Titus. We'll see you next week. Let's get buckets.